Hey y'all, welcome. My name is Caitlin Darty, and welcome to my podcast, Hot Takes with Kate. In this podcast, we'll discuss all things life, athletics, relationships, and faith. I cannot wait for you to come along on this journey with me and have great conversations with so many amazing people. Let's get honest and bring on the hot takes. Hey y'all and welcome back to Hot Takes with Kate. I am so excited for this episode. Uh, My friend Becca Chance, coolest name ever, uh, (laughs) she has gracefully accepted my invitation uh, to come on to the podcast and talk about a lot of different things, a lot of hot takes. I think we're going to have a really good conversation Mm -hmm. and uh, really just open up about friendships, faith, um, a lot of things going on in women's sports. Um, so we should go ahead and get started. Let's Thanks, Becca, for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to dive into it. Yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> so uh, with every guest I have on the podcast, we always start out with a hot take. Okay. So what is your hot take on friendships and relationships? As far as like, what's the context? I can literally be on anything. It can be on dating. It can be just on what, you, how you think you should go about friendships. Like, what is your hot take on on that area? I wouldn't necessarily call it a hot take, but I will say that now that I've kind of um, moved into this new phase of my life, like my later twenties, um, you know, especially regarding friendships, I've noticed within the last few years, um, just a lot of friendships have kind of fallen off, or they're no longer. Um, we're no longer friends, and I would ne- necessarily wouldn't say it's because there was a falling out of some sort or they're bad people. I would just say that you know, as you grow closer to the Lord and your personal development, that naturally friendships are going to fall off, and it doesn't have to be a big um, explosion or a fallout. Like you just have to come to terms with you know, you're two different people growing in two different directions, and I think a lot of friends. Uh, my friends and me personally have struggled with that, like thinking something's wrong with you or thinking something, um, you know, you could have done something differently to save it. But at the end of the day, you know, if God's removing someone, you just have to trust that process and trust and understand that it's probably for the best of, you know, in your personal development and just because you don't know their intentions or what was being said behind your back. And so um, kind of leaning into that and trusting that, I think, is like my biggest hot take, I would say. Um, is being okay with people walking out of your life. Yeah, I think that goes a lot with discernment and um, dw- like letting the Holy Spirit dwell within you um, allows you to make or right. have good discernment. And uh, actually, I, I logged a verse here that I wanted to bring up. First uh, Corinthians fifteen thirty three. It says, "Do not be deceived. Uh, bad company ruins good morals." And it's so true, um, and I think that's a really good way to discern, you know, who who can I have a, on my inner circle, right? It's not like I can't be friendly with a person that maybe doesn't align with me or isn't going to lead me in the right direction, right. Mm-hmm. but it's, you know, who's going to be on my inner circle? And I think we have to be really picky on who we choose to have in our inner circle. No, absolutely. I think that's also something I, I came to terms with. Um, within the last few years of my life, you know, I had lingering friendships that had been ongoing for like 10 plus years. Um, And you really have to step back and ask yourself, like, why am I friends with this person? You know, what are they adding to my life? Not in a, you know, what can I get out of this person? But more so, you know, are they adding value? Are they adding life? Are you giving, 
having fruitful conversations? Are you gossiping with this person? Or are you speaking life with this person? Um, so that's you know something that I had to come to terms with, and I had to assess you know moving forward if I want you know godly friends and I want to see um, you know bear fruit for my life. I have to seek out those kinds of relationships and you know just. Um, put people and you know categorize like friendships right you can have going out friends you can have going to church friends you can have um, deep talk friends but at the end of the day you want to make sure that each of those friendships is serving a purpose um, not just to glorify um, yourself in whatever way that may be but especially God oh yeah no I totally agree with that and I think that kind of goes off of um you know, you have different circles of friends, which is a really good thing, Mm -hmm. but also, right. Like we've also talked about it. You have your few close friends that you just go to about everything because you're equally yoked. Uh, you understand one another, you know, one another, and it's such a good thing to at least have like, it it doesn't have to be a lot, Mm -hmm. one or two people in your life that you just have. And you're like, that's my person. (laughs) That's, that's so true. And it was kind of like hard for me to realize that, like, just simply because I'm so used to having so many friendships um, all simultaneously. And like, I used to think that the more the better. And there's just no, one, there's no way you can upkeep with that. Like that many people like on a deep level, at that point it just becomes service level. And that's just kind of gross to me now. Like <laughs> on what they're giving to me and vi- what I was giving to them vice versa. So yeah, you have to be really intentional about your relationships and you know, who you're going to seek out and feed into and, you know, actively pursue to be in your life. So no, I totally agree. Cause at the end of the day, those friends or at least your close friends, right. They're going to stand back next to you on your wedding day mm-hmm. and they're going to have a lot of influence, you know, and support you in your, when, whoever you marry, like right. it's almost like seeking friendships or finding out who's your close friends is almost like finding your husband. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's so similar. Um, and just who you surround yourself with what you believe uh, because at the end of the day, we can't do things on our own. Right. We need community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good thing. It doesn't have to be large. I right. think people totally misinterpret that. It, it can be small. And right. I think it's a beautiful thing. But I've gotten caught up in, oh, I need to have so many friends in my life. And I think that goes back to almost college where you're like, yeah, oh, I have all totally. these friends. And I have all these different groups. And it's so fun. But at the end of the day, like when you're in the real world yeah. dealing with real things. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> you just don't have the time and you don't have the energy to keep up with that many friendships. And right. Then you have to be like, okay, who's going to really help me uh, in this season of life? Um, and I do believe God brings people into our life for seasons. And yeah. Uh, they don't they're not always there for you know the rest of our lives like they come in for a season and then they'll leave at the end of that whatever that season is right um no I totally agree and kind of to piggyback off of what you said about like it's kind of how you're searching for a husband like with that being said you know as I'm actively dating and pursuing you know wanting to find my future husband um I think it speaks volumes as to who what friends you bring around that person that you're actively dating because you are who you hang out with. I look at guys' friends all the time of like the person I'm dating. And I'm like, okay, you know, is this someone that I can see myself with just based on their friends alone? So I know that yeah. they're actively doing that with me. Um, so I want friends that are like-minded that are gonna represent me well um, when I'm present, you know, in the room and behind my back as well. So um, I think having people that you trust on that level character-wise is huge. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And uh, I'm going to bring up another verse because I feel like 
when we keep this like very biblical and yeah. like community based, <laughs> it's easier to make a point too, especially going into other topics we're going to go into. But uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen it says, "Where there is no guidance, a, a people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety." And it's like your friends are your counselors. Mm-hmm. And um, going off of like when you're going on dates and you're looking at a guy's friends, like they have so much influence on him. So much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like even my friends have influence on me. And I think that's where you come to the decision of, hey, are they not leading me on a straight path? Are they kind of guiding me off into this other direction? Are they not um, fulfilling what I you know, my goals and my morals and what I believe, you know, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, like you can't have those people as your close friends. Right. I mean, I think friendship is a balance. Like it has to be about the, the, why everyone originally, you know, looks into having multiple friends because they want that community. So I think it's a balance between community, community, and then from a godly perspective, accountability, right? You want people that are going to hold you accountable, but also still be, it doesn't have to be that serious all the time. It can you can go and have coffee. You can go and do, um, you know, play golf like we do, and that in itself is, um, I think, fruitful as, as well as you know, if you're you know holding me accountable for my actions, um, you know, in that same community for things I do that aren't biblical or aren't aligned with you know what I'm when I'm pursuing a life of truth and actively trying to pursue a life of truth. Um, you know, you want it to align, and so I think that's friends. Friendship comes in, you know, huge there. I think that's so good. Accountability. Because, you know, when you're seeking the truth, like, accountability only comes from the truth. Yeah. And <laughs> um, that's so good. I love that. I'm, I might quote that. <laughs> <laughs> so profound. Yeah, no, but um, as having, like, discernment to have um, the right friends in your life does come from the Lord. And, you know... I've gotten certain feelings around certain friends in my previous years, especially when I was living in Los Angeles, which people there are so vapid and so disingenuous or social climbers. So if you can't offer them something, you know, they're done with you or brush you to the side. So I definitely had, um, I got like the biggest discernment from God about multiple friendships when I was living in Los Angeles, right? Because, you know, you just have hangout friends in Los Angeles that don't really care about you. If you're going through a hard time, it's more like get away from me. And then when you're good, come back and then we can have fun again. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really hard for me to come to terms with is I'm caring for these people deeply and I have genuine intentions and it's not reciprocated. So I pray for discernment and poof, those people were gone for whatever, which reasons, um, 2020 had a lot to do with that, with all the, you know, just mayhem going on in the world and differences of opinions but I saw it from a heavenly perspective instead of you know just putting my blinders on and thinking you know this is I deserve this or I did something wrong to these people yeah and I think too I think we've talked a lot about this sometimes as Christians you can feel like you have to love on that person no matter what and you do but you don't have to keep them close to you. And yeah. I think, right, there's uh, a difference in, okay, I'm going to close this door and put a boundary on this person because, hey, at the end of the day, like I, I have to be careful on uh, advice maybe they may be giving me um, or, um, you know, ways they might be leading me. Right. And I think it's, it, it is a, a discernment of that. And if they are, you know, not in your life, at least you planted the seed, you planted the seed with those people Absolutely. in LA, you know, you showed them Jesus's love at the end of the day. 
Um, and it's so hard. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're planning when you are planting seeds because a lot of people aren't actively, you know, they don't even know Jesus or they don't actively have him in his life. They're not pursuing a life of, you know, Christ-like life. So, um, you know, you're going to be hated or you're going to be talked down on. You're going to be mocked. Um, and that's something I also had to come to terms with, um, especially when I kind of went on this journey of pursuing truth, not only in biblical sense, but also just in everyday life. And, you know, the lies of the enemy that they're he's kind of masking as this social, um, cultural um you know, mask, um, to make people do what he wants in the world. And I, you know, having discernment from the Lord, I saw through a lot of those things and I would call out a lot of those things and the world hates you for it, especially your closest friends that you've had for years. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's, I think a lot of people struggled with the last few years, um, Mm -hmm. and continue to struggle with, but it's not worth, you know, those keeping those people in your life. No, you know, you're you're not, they're not going to change their minds about you. So that in itself, like you need that boundary. Yeah, no, I, I've had to actually do that uh, a lot recently in my life, right? Because at the end of the day, like I can't be pulled down no. like a rabbit hole that's not going to build me up. And yeah. right, and God says in the Bible, be around people that are going to build you up, not bring yeah. you down, you know? And so I think that's really important to be around people that are going to build you up because at the end of the day, this world is hard. Mm-hmm. It's broken. It's damaged. There's a lot of things going on in the world so right much. now that you really need people to build you up. Right. And that's something else I came to terms with is, you know, I'm such a people pleaser. And so yeah, me too. <laughs> I like, I genuinely just like want people to like me, even if I don't know you, I'm like, I hope they like me. That's what my mind tells me. Like, um, so I had to come to terms with, you know, people's perception of me is not my responsibility. And once I really like swallowed that and digested it and started like living out my life that way, I'm not apologizing for who I am anymore. And I'm not walking on eggshells around people that, you know, I'm not going to call you my friend if I have to walk, egg, walk on eggshells around you 24-7. So that's where that boundary and kind of keeping people at arm's distance um, will benefit you. And it's not, a, it's not an un-Christ-like thing to do. You know, that's something that's healthy and that you have to acknowledge and not take on that burden that isn't yours. Yeah, and I, I think it's okay to be, um, you know, weary of a friend that comes into your life at first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't when, <laughs> I mean, we're newer friends, right? Yeah. But we're when we, like, first started hanging out as friends, like, we didn't be like, oh my gosh, like, let's hang out like every day or every week, you know, yeah. like, I think, uh, it's a natural progression. Yeah. Montana came on the podcast and said, good things take time. And it's so true because, um, even with your relationship with the Lord, like for it to go stronger, it grows stronger over time. Mm-hmm. It's like with any relationship, friendship, um, someone you're dating, someone you're married to, like the longer you're married, like I've seen my parents and I'm sure you've seen your parents. Like they've been married for, oh my gosh, (laughs) 37 years. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, their marriage has only grown, grown stronger and they've really gotten to know each other even better. So, um, I think it's a really beautiful thing to take things slow. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a great point because, you know, you can get the face value of a person, you know, from a guy, from a friendship. Um, but you know, going through life together and seeing them in certain situations, good and bad is where you really see the inside of that person. And you know, that takes time. You can't just, you know, you can't, no one shows all their cards right up front. So, um, I think that's something to take into account for, um, you know, to keep in mind when you are seeking new friendships and relationships, um, romantically. Yeah. And pay attention to what they're telling you. Hmm. 
I think like people don't realize I got to really listen to what this person's telling me. What are they saying to me? How are they saying things? You know, what are their patterns like? And I think that really goes off that. So that's so good. Um, so another thing I want to talk to you about, yeah. uh, a lot of people don't know this, but, uh, you played soccer yeah. uh, for a lot of your life. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit in college yeah. and, uh, we connected on the college athlete, uh, area right. and uh there's a lot going on mm-hmm. in college athletics now uh there's a lot of discussions around mental health uh but there's also a lot going on with uh you know taking in uh title nine essentially right, right. um and so what is your what is your hot take on it what, is, what are your thoughts it's kind of disheartening that i even have to say this but because it shouldn't be a hot take i don't think it should just be well, it sh- this should be the reality of, of the world, but it's it's not because of everything that's going on. But um, men do not belong in women's sports. Um, I'll die on that hill. And there's multiple reasons as to why I believe this. But at the end of the day, you know, they're 2% of the population. Um, transgenders are. And as a Christians, you know, we're supposed to love them. We don't have to accept their their worldview we don't have to accept their lifestyle but we can love them as people um but i feel like now we're bending the knee and we're catering to two percent of the population and only considering two percent of the population's feelings and we're neglecting biological women's work to get to where they are in women's sports and it's it's sad for our current you know generation and future generations to come yeah and I, I think right at the end of the day Genesis 127 it says so God created man in his own image and in the image of God he created him male and female and he created them yeah like God created two genders yeah. right and you, you are that gender at birth mm-hmm. and listen I, I don't know uh, what they go through and I do think we have to love on them I totally agree with you on that um, but the, the whole thing going on you know in college sports title nine um, it's honestly a little scary um, because scary. at the end of the day, women biologically They're and different. physically are made up so differently so than different. a man. And I honestly worry about the safety yeah. of women in yeah. sports now. Um, you know, at the end of the day, even in, let's say, basketball, mm-hmm. a six-foot woman going up maybe against a six-foot transgender man um, woman. or a woman, yeah. I guess, really. So um, but he, they, they, they can't, they can't go up against them. No. There's just no way. Like someone's going to get hurt at some point. And why isn't NCAA taking accountability for the safety of their athletes? Well, I think it's going to be a ripple effect and that's what I'm most scared of. Um, we saw this past year with the NCAA swimmer, um, Leah Thomas, mm-hmm. You know, she goes on to win her first year in women's sports. Um, now that she's claiming she's a woman, after her entire life of being a biological man and placing in the 400th, you know, percentile or the 400th place in the United States for men swimming, he's like, you know, oh, I'm not really good at this, so let me go dominate women's sports. And now he's winning winning championships mm. and stealing them from women who have worked their whole lives to just be in that that top percent. You know, that gets scholarships that top percent that um you know goes to the olympics and now he's stealing it from people like riley Gaines, who has been you know 
a spokesperson for biological women. You know, she was a the number one swimmer at Kentucky, and you know she's actively getting stripped of her titles, um, not being able to hold her trophy that she won because the NCAA wants to be woke and make sure that Leah Thomas, um, you know, holds the, t- the trophy for a photo op. Like, it's just it's. I think, it, and I think it just goes back to more of the integrity of women in right. general. Like, they are just not. They're, they're honestly being disrespected. We as women are being disrespected in that sense because at the end of the day, like we're just, we're just not made up the same. And yeah. that's what it comes down to. And there's just no way that you can fix that with hormones, with surgery. Like a man is always going to be stronger physically, majority of men, like in, especially in athletics. There's just no way you can alter that. You're biologically different. This is a biological reality. Mm-hmm. It's science. You know, um, the people that are in support of men being in women's sports are often the people that say, follow the science, follow the science, but completely disregard it when it comes to women's sports. Men biologically have greater lung capacity. They have longer wingspans. You know, they're they're taller. <laughs> they're, yeah. Their bone density and mass is bigger and greater. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just differences when it comes, like if you dig up a woman and a man 200 years ago, you know, all, it's, all you're gonna see is bones. You're not gonna be able to determine if they're a man or woman or whatever other genders there are, but you will be able to tell if they're a man or woman by their bones. Why? Because we are different down to our bones. The Bible talks about that as well, you know? So um, to deny, you know, a biological fact and then gaslight society into accepting that, you know, your false reality and slapping labels on you if you don't accept this is disheartening. And um, not only is it scary in that capacity, but also, you know, Biological men are now actively changing in women's locker rooms, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a whole other topic of conversation, which at the end of the day, not every woman is going to be comfortable with that. No. Um, Riley Thomas just broke down on, you know, she was giving a, a testament to it about in the government. Um, I forgot where, when, when she spoke, but it was not too long ago this year. And she was in tears on the podium crying about the testimonies for her testimony and all of her teammates at Kentucky who are naked, changing in their swimsuits, and Riley, who has not transitioned, you know, physically, um, you know, in his genitalia, uh, is actively just exposing himself in the locker room. And, you know, they go and voice their concerns to their coach in the NCAA, and they tell you to, to stop, like, shut up, basically. Like, stop talking about that. You're a bigot. And it's just so sad to me. Um, Why are we bringing it into sports? You know, I think that's where it really is damaging and right. It is the ripple effect. We, We started being like, oh, we'll just accept them, you know, into society. And now it's this ripple effect where it's going into everything. Children. That's everything going on with Target right now. I mean, there's just, it's, you know, a lot of different things. And I think um, we have to be really careful uh, and how and how that's um, communicated because since the beginning of time there has never been a discussion really around this big around transgenderism mm-hmm. and um, I think it's a really big thing right now. Well, that's the thing. It's a fad. It's a trend. The pronouns. It's a trend, right? This wasn't around t- even five years ago, right? And all of a sudden we're being forced. So like trends come and go 
like the wind, right? Mm -hmm. um, fads come and go with the wind. The new cultural societal norm comes and goes with the wind. Mm -hmm. But the truth of God and his word is, it never changes, right? And so- It's omnipresent. So are, am I basing my, you know, my worldview and how I live my life and what I accept and don't accept based on what the world's telling me, what, um, you know, propaganda on the internet is telling me, or am I basing it on truth in the Bible? And in a world that actively rejects, you know, everything about, you know, Christianity, especially in today's society, I think it's like one of the most mocked, hated religions. People would never speak about Judaism or, you know, um, Muslims the way they do about Christians. And so um, I think that's something also that is also very scary about just what's going on because transgenderism is kind of infiltrating all these different parts of society and now they're calling christians hate speech for just standing in truth regarding that topic alone well and it's kind of interesting so i had this revelation the other day um but <laughs> lgbtq community uses the rainbow as like their to express what yeah. is it diversity and their community um in the spectrum of sexuality and right gender mm -hmm. but it's so weird god sent a rainbow yeah uh after uh the story of noah's ark like he sent a rainbow saying you know uh this is the covenant between uh, heaven and earth and this is my sign that everything is going to be okay and i am present and i will never let you know anything bad and it's almost mocking it is mocking god like god designed the rainbow yeah god designed it to be his covenant and his sign from him and now it's mocking oh there's all these different genders and it's like no that's not what the rainbow symbolizes the rainbow symbolizes god's promise no that's such a good point like the enemy he has a way of doing that he twists everything that god does he he copies everything that god does and he pushes you know demonic spin on it um but it's kind of sad in the sense that you know transgenderism and just the LGBTQ community has become so omnipresent in our everyday lives, whether it's clothing, whether it's, you know, commercials, whether it's our own companies we work for, you know, whether it's sports teams having to wear jerseys um, or else they're not able to play or warm up. Like, it's almost become a separate identity, and that's what the enemy wants. He does not want – he wants you to be confused. He's the enemy or he's the author of confusion. Mm -hmm. He can manipulate things when you're in a confused state. And so, yeah, he's going to be all for you saying, you know, you're a woman. He's going to be whispering in your ear, you're a woman when you're really a man. Um, because if he can take your identity away from you and you not have that rooted in Jesus Christ, then he can let all kinds of things into your and, life. And here's the thing, right? Like majority of LGBT community, first off, we're not called to judge them. No. Because... Um, you know, all sins are on the same spectrum. But, um, you know, I think we have to stay grounded in the truth in the word because we cannot let society or, you know, the enemy influence anything that God is trying to tell us. And, you know, like, be careful of false prophets because there's going to be people who are going to try and twist it to be like, oh, no, it's, you know, God's, you know, still accepts you. And at the end of the day, like, when you have Christ in your heart and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, I mean, your life is not going to stay like that. It's going to change. Right. 
because you're going to know, hey, this is not, this is not what he wants for me. And this is not how he designed it. I also think that's like a misconception amongst Christians as well is that, you know, we don't, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings that are different from us. We don't want to come across judgmental, but as Christians, we're called to love people. And the most loving thing you can do is tell people the truth, you know, instead of mm-hmm. leading them down a path that leads to the gates of hell, right. Or destruction. And mm-hmm. so people that are just trying to, um, you know, like for, for instance, I went to a church in Los Angeles and, you know, it was all about, especially during 2020 and onward, it was all about, you know, how can I say the most politically correct thing ever to keep my congregation instead of just, you know, being transparent and truthful about what the Bible says about mm. these certain issues that are going on in the world. And um, that was kind of disheartening for me because I, I'm a firm believer. Like, if I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth, whether it's about if you're a transgender, whether if it's I think you're not acting in a godly way or representing, you know, what you're standing for, um, the best I think you could do, whether it's with a guy, um, I think that's the most loving thing you can do is, you know, be honest. I love that. That's so true because at the end of the day, like if, you know, those people don't hear it over and over again, right? Like they might hate you for saying it to them, but man, the more you say it, Mm -hmm. the more you're just bringing it into the world. And I think that's one thing's one thing we have to do better as Christians, especially me, like I tend to find myself being right a people pleaser and I have to stop doing that and really stay grounded because, you know, God even says when you're finding your husband find someone you can go to war with. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we are constantly fighting the ways of this world um, and conforming to that. I mean, right at the end of the day, we're all imperfect and we're not going to live a perfect Christian life. And I think people think, oh, you're a Christian. You, you should be held to this higher standard. Yeah, we should be. But at the end of the day, we're still not yeah. perfect. No. Uh, we're human, and um, God knows that. But, you know, I think when you are constantly looking back to him, um, he'll continue to grow you. And I think um, the more time you spend with him, the more you see yourself sinning. Yeah. You become more convicted. It's so annoying. Oh, yeah. It's oh, so yeah. Fun. You're like, wait, why am I doing this? I shouldn't be doing this. I, like, have to repent and pray right there, or I can't even get through my day. I have to like go in a quiet space and, you know, immediately ask for forgiveness because I'm like, I can't wait till I get my bed tonight, you know, like, which I need to do better of anyway. I need to be praying continuously throughout the day. Um, but you know, especially when it comes to sin and, you know, just feeling like you disappointed God, I think that that's a hurts the most (laughs) for sure. No, it does. Cause you know, when you ultimately fall in love with him, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, when you fall in love with someone and you do something wrong, like you're obviously going to feel it. It's the same thing, you know, but he is the most loving, right? Like we can never love him as much as he loves us. And it's just so profound when you get to that point. And it's, it's really just such a blessing and so beautiful to know that, um, there's such a beautiful life with him literally forever. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, this world is so temporary. Mm -hmm. Um, but life with him is eternal, eternal. Right. Um, I watched this movie called The Shack. Have you ever seen it? I have not watched the movie. I've seen... I, my parents used to have a book in their house, and yeah. I never read it. But I've, I've heard a lot of things of it. Um, that movie blessed me, but it, I think it gave the best visual representation of how much God loves you. And despite, you know, how angry you come at him one day if you're praying, like, you know, mm-hmm. why didn't you... Why didn't you let that work out with that guy? Or... 
you know, why did I get fired from that job? And you're screaming at God, which I've done a lot. Like, oh yeah, me too. I'm so disrespectful in that (laughs) sense. I'm like very angry. Um, but he just comes and puts his hand on your shoulder. It's like the movie. It just, that's how it feels. His presence when you Mm -hmm. do go to him with these things. And, um, when you mess up and, um, I just hope everyone can eventually, you know, experience the the love of Jesus. Like that's that in the day, you know, that's what we want to give people that don't know him and people that are confused about their identity. Like it's not coming from a place of judgment. It's coming from a place of, you know, you don't even know what you're missing out on kind of thing. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It is really such a beautiful thing. I love that. We talked a lot about faith. Yeah. Um, do you have, do you have a hot take just on faith in general? It could be about the church. Uh, it can just be about um, what you've learned over the years or anything along those lines. I don't know. Becca. I haven't really given this much thought. Um, it's okay. Well, it's kind of correlated with what we were kind of talking about um, in the previous topic, but I don't even know if I want to say that. I just think, like, you can't be... You can't support liberal ideologies and also call yourself... Well, you can. You can totally call yourself a Christian, but are you actively reading your Bible? Are you actively living in truth? Because a lot of, I think, ideologies and just legislation doesn't align with um, what the God says. And, you know, it's it's frustrating because I do have lots of, I, well, I used to have tons of liberal friends when I was living in Los Angeles who were also Christians. And, you know, they kind of tiptoe around the complicated topics when they're regarding truth and what the Bible says. And so I think that's probably my hot take is that, you know, I definitely think this country was founded on conservative Christian values and I'm going to stick beside it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, I I get where you're coming from because the end of the day, right. Um, that side, you know, agrees with abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, they agree with, you know, all this LGBTQ movement, um, and infiltrating a lot of different things such as scandal with Target, women's sports, a lot of things we talked about. Um, but I, I also see the other side of it where there's the environmental factors. Do I think we should be better with our environment? 100%. But on the more conservative side, there's like different views. But at the end of the day, right, if it came to more <laughs> of a balance of different things, at the end of the day, conservative views are more aligned with Christian values. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people try to um, make the Bible fit their worldview instead of making the worldview fit the Bible. Mm. And I personally, me personally, I've done that. Not regards in like in line with politics necessarily, but definitely when it comes to dating or you know being sexually active before marriage. Or mm. I've totally tried to you know gossiping. I've totally tried to justify. And twist things so I'm, I'm not pointing a finger here I've I too struggle with this oh, yeah but when it comes to like in the political realm which I'm only bringing this up because it's been such a big part of my life since 2020 yeah um, you know I definitely started paying more attention to that side of um, well I just think as naturally as you get older you start caring about things other than yourself so. Yep. <laughs> um, so I started paying attention and you know with all the the discord going on in our government in our world at the time I had to take. I had to pick a side. I had to pick a stance, and I think a lot of people they um, they go down the road of politics and they make that their identity and they neglect their faith. 
And so it's kind of like, how do you balance these two by keeping Lord the Lord the center of it all and everything stemming from that? Your decisions, your views, how you treat people who don't agree with you, you know, that all has yeah. to come from the Lord first. And I think sometimes people get so in their ego and ego driven and prideful that they, you know, and trying to be right that they try to get their point across and they completely neglect the loving accepting you know conversations that they could be having with people that who don't you know necessarily agree with them or view the same things and at the end of the day right like political views go off of okay which person do i agree with more they're not gonna you're not gonna agree on every single thing right but it's like which one do i align with more right and it's okay if you're on the other side and it's okay if you know it is yeah And, and i think we've lost um just having a respectful conversation about things and now it's you know it's angry and it's so sad to see that that we just can't even have a conversation anymore um but at the end of the day right going back to your point we find identity in christ yeah and it's like i'm a christian first and everything else in life is just a representation of that absolutely and that's and what i choose to believe in is an image of who i am in christ right and i think that's an important thing to note Right. No, absolutely. Like, I think it's way more important how you treat people um, that vote differently than you, than, you know, who you voted for. Um, So that's something that I think a lot of people, myself included, had had to come to terms with because, Mm. you know, I was ostracized living in Los Angeles open as an open conservative amongst my liberal, you know, friends and colleagues. And so um, I was so bitter and angry and, um, now, you know, I've totally taken on a different approach and, you know, I want to hear these different viewpoints. I want to love on people that don't agree the same things I agree with um, because that's how God comes into the conversation. You know, if you yeah. just give him a little open door, he's going to take that and run with it and, you oh, know, yeah. it's going to be fruitful. Well, I think the biggest thing in 2020 was <laughs> the discussion around abortion. Yeah. There's been so much heat around that topic, mm-hmm. um, which is again sad right right let's just have a normal conversation about it um, yeah and explain to me why you believe that um and if you know i think there's a biblical reason as to why you believe that then okay like if you can justify it what they can't biblically, but, yeah and exactly <laughs> but it, and that it goes back to that right if you can't justify your view biblically and you're calling yourself a christian then that's mockery yeah essentially yeah, it's picking and choosing like what parts of the Bible. Like I said, you're you're you're, you're manipulating it to fit your agenda, to fit your worldview instead of changing your yeah. lifestyle to fit the Bible and being unapologetic about it, right? So I've finally got to a place where I am unapologetic about my stances on these things. Um, but that's not because I'm righteous or because I want to prove a point. It's because if I am not firm on what I believe, I can, anyone can come into my life, a friend a relationship a guy and sway me you know like I have to know who I am I have to know what I stand for I have to know what I believe in and you know the people that are accepting of that are naturally going to gravitate towards you I have so many people exit my life when I started taking firm stances on what I believed which before you know I just was living my early 20 life like I didn't really care about these deeper things um and so the conversations never really came up about these kinds of things with my friends. So we were just friends because we enjoyed hanging out with each other. And then as soon as you start, you know, getting to the root of you, who you are and growing into yourself and, you know, what you believe in and start being openly open about these things, you know, people will just fall off 
from your life and the right ones actively god will bless you so much and send like people running towards you i I consider you one of those people as well um you know i've been praying i always pray for you know godly friends especially having lost a lot in the last few years um due to these reasons however um you are a prime example of that for sure yeah, I think it's it's really cool how God, <laughs> I mean, we met so randomly. It was just yeah. like a really cool story. Yeah. I met your mom it. first. I know, you met my mom first. <laughs> but it, I think it's just such a big blessing, right, in how God transforms, transforms you and then brings all these like really cool people right. into your life that have also had this amazing story and testimony and been transformed in um, not a similar way, but just by him. And yeah. you get to connect on this uh, I don't want to say spiritual level, but even just personal level of yeah. friendship that mm-hmm. you you just can't experience that with everyone. No. Um, and it's just so cool. Yeah. And um, it's a 180. Like I had friends that exited my life in the last few years and, you know, the new age, you know, is very big in Los Angeles and just in general in today's society, yeah. like new age, witchcraft, tarot cards, um, horoscopes. And, you know, my friends were actively pursuing those things and, I always took it lightheartedly, you know, you know, it's just casual, you know, fad again. Um, but there is such a spiritual, as Christians, we should know this. There's so many spiritual realms that come, like open demonic spirits can come into your life. Even being near a person who is actively pursuing those things, yeah. um, you know, and one of my friends exited my life. Like I, I felt like a weight off my shoulder, like a heaviness, spiritual heaviness, um, when she asked my life and in hindsight, now I understand why it's because, you know, she was actively reading tarot cards and, you know, um, talking to me about that kind of stuff. But those are the kinds of small little things as Christians, we don't understand have massive impact. You know, the spiritual realm is very re- real and, um, you have to find people that are Christians to feed into you or else the world's going to take you and run with you. And it's just so interesting We've talked a lot about spiritual warfare just yeah. on the side as, um, you know, at dinners and things. And um, I recently went through a lot of spiritual warfare. Uh, I got baptized uh, yeah. in November. Of course. And uh, it's just so, like, crazy. I've been reading through Luke, and I didn't even realize this. But after Jesus was baptized uh, is when he went for 40 days in the desert and yeah. the... Um, enemy tempted him yeah and I'm like oh my gosh but it's when you go all in and you are a threat to the enemy that he just goes after you and man is it's a hard fight no it's a very hard fight um and it's very very real um like you said, and it's just so interesting. But you know, Jesus experienced that. Jesus, experienced, it's comforting. No, yeah, it's not a way deeper comfort, level. <laughs> it's so comforting knowing that I'm like, oh my gosh, he went through the same thing I did. No, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think you know, God reveals a lot of things because I I couldn't understand like God, why is this happening? You post, you know, making this big proclamation yeah. in my faith with you, and just really going all all in mm-hmm. and. Uh, I couldn't understand it, and then when I was reading this, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, wait!" <laughs> As a mirror, almost a mirror image of kind of what I was going through, and it's just cool to know that God, you know, God sent Jesus to relate with us. Yeah, 
No, I mean, it's so true that the enemy attacks you hardest when you're getting closer to God or actively taking steps to getting closer to God. Um, I experienced the same thing in Los Angeles with losing my job because of COVID, um, you know, having friends follow my life, being isolated. My finances took a hit. My relational like life took a hit. Um, you know, like everything seemed like it was crumbling. But that's when the same time, around the same time that I actively started serving at my church, you yeah. know, and being like, Okay. And tithing, like I finally, you know, started tithing my, which I wasn't making great money when I was living in Los Angeles. Like I think most early twenties can, people can attest to the same, like, you know, you're just, you're very selfish during that time. So I finally decided, you know, this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to serve at my church. I'm going to be more active in my church. Mm. I'm going to start tithing. And I start getting all these arrows, you know, thrown at me by the enemy. And it was, now I see it as like motivating. Like I'm kind of like, okay, this means I'm on the right track, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, if you're too comfortable, I actually had a um, a leader at my church tell me this and I was serving. She said, if you're too comfortable right now, are you really living for the Lord? Because when you're, it's when you're uncomfortable, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because the world is not accepting Mm -hmm. of Christianity. Like you said, I mean, there's so much backlash, but there has been right for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, like I'm just growing through TikTok these days. And like, if people would say the same thing about Judaism or making anti-Semitic comments, you know, once you take the the blinders off and your spiritual eyes get opened, you don't just watch music videos lightheartedly now. And you don't just listen to those things lightheartedly now because you understand the spiritual implications that come along with those things and opening those realms, um, especially through music. Um, but also, you know, what, what, what you look at, you know, has a huge impact on what is going on internally, whether it's in your mind and your soul. Um, and I don't think we, we put those like connections and connect the dots most of the time, but if you're in a bad mood, if you're feeling like grumpy, if you're kind of just, um, just not feeling like yourself, like I always ask myself why, like, who was I around? What was I watching? What was I listening to? Like, you have to take those steps. And that goes into the saying guard your heart right mm-hmm. guarding your heart is really guarding your mind right yeah. if you think about it your mind and your heart are all aligned in one and what you feed your mind is what goes into your heart yeah. and it's just such a crazy uh, thing to think about because you don't even realize sometimes when it's happening no you and, don't. And, and, and that goes back to like almost a behavior change you're like wait what just happened why am i acting this way and, and you realize it's like oh because i was literally feeding my head with all these things Mm -hmm. and hanging out with, you know, maybe certain people that I shouldn't be surrounding myself with at this point in time. Yeah. And so, um, I think it's, it's really important if you, if you can take that and still stay grounded, um, you have to be careful what you're feeding your mind and, um, if it's going to affect you and it's going to bring up trauma or a past sin that maybe you don't want to go back to, then maybe say that, Hey, I can't do that right now. Or I can't listen to that. I can't watch Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. you have to actively be intentional about those kind of things, for sure. Yeah, that's important. Well, Becca, this is great. Yeah. I, I feel so like we could fun. talk all night. <laughs> oh, we, we could keep going, but <laughs> you'll have to come back and we'll we'll discuss some other things and continue the conversation. So it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. It oh, thanks so much, Becca. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Break. Break. <laughs> <laughs>